Welcome to the Capstone Cast, where we cast thoughts, theories, and tales to see what we catch. I'm Walt Tanner, this is Sarah Lynn Edwards, and this is episode eight. So welcome to the eighth episode. Episode, episode. All right, you can find us on the podcast app now. Podcast app on your iPhone, podcast player app on your Android. You can also still find us if you're really old school and don't know what any of that is about at capstonechurch.net. That's it. You can find us. Click under listen and you'll see podcast and you'll you'll find us there. All right. This is exciting. We have a brand new segment, you guys. Yeah, I'm excited about it because I get a good laugh out of any of these. We do get a good laugh out of them. Okay. Tell us what we're going to be doing. Uh, In this segment, we're going to analyze and rate the signs on a scale. And the signs will be church signs. So you've all driven past and go, did I really just read that? And uh, so we have found some, uh, our executive producer, Katie Rice, uh, has gone ahead and surprised us. She found some good ones via the internet, because that's what the internet is good for. And uh, so we're going to look at these church signs in a one to five scales. Here's how we're going to rate them. On creativity, on biblical accuracy, and how we feel about them. So we're going to talk about feelings today. Oh, Walt loves to talk yeah, about feelings. Yeah, about my feelings. So, um, so Sarah Ellen, why don't you get us started with the first church sign? Okay, so here's our first church sign. Walmart isn't the only saving place. Boom. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> My husband once said he would pay somebody to walk around behind him and do that when he told a funny joke. No, that's good. You could just download it up for your phone or something. Oh, that's smart. Maybe you should right. do that for him for his birthday. So Walmart isn't the only saving place. That would be on the church sign. So we're going to rate it on a scale of one to five. Creativity, I give it a five. I give it... I feel like that's a good, good creative place. It is. I'm going to give it a four. It's irrelevant. I feel like there could be more. I feel like there's room to grow. I'm yeah. going to give it a four. Yeah. All right. Bib- biblical accuracy. Well, that's kind of, I mean, it's true. Because, yeah, I'm going with a five. I yeah, give it a five. There's biblical. But, yeah. How do we make it feel? Um, how do we make it feel? How does it make us feel? <laughs> there's me and my feelings again. <laughs> Kiki, do you love me? Do you I, we heard that feelings? Yeah, no, we heard that at the Miami airport when we were coming home. Yeah. I said, I'm pretty sure this is that song where everybody walks around with a heart shaped and dances like this. And they fall out of their car, which is what we love to watch. Those yeah. videos where people fall out of their car. So that's what I think about. Um, how does it make me feel? Eh, would I go into that church? Probably not. Um, I, feel, I feel like that's kind of like the like the very tip top. Hopefully they get a little funnier. But I, I, I don't you know, I give it a three on how it makes me feel. Okay. It's melancholy. I don't feel good. I don't feel bad. Eh. Okay. I'm surprised you said that because you gave it a five for creativity. Well, it's creative, but for feeling, though, I don't, I, it's, I'm not feeling it. Okay. I'm going to give it, how does it make me feel? I think I'm going to give it a three as well. I'm just kind of like, eh, about, like, yeah. I think it's clever, but I don't think it's like the funniest thing. Right. I've ever done. All right, I'm keeping up with our scores over here. Okay. Okay. All right, so here's my sign. Do not criticize your wife's judgment. See whom she married. Say that one more time. Do not criticize your wife's judgment. See whom she married. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Creativity. So it's basically saying Mm -hmm. don't criticize your wife's judgment because look who she picked. Yeah. I'm trying not to be offended, but I think it's funny. 
but I don't, I can't figure out how I feel about that. I, I was the exact same way <laughs> when I, I'm like, I don't really know. It's a little bit too heavy. Yeah. It's a little bit, a little bit heavy. Um, so creativity wise, I'm going to give it just cause I feel that way. I'm giving it a three. I think I'm going to give it a three also. Okay. Biblical accuracy. I mean, you're not supposed to judge. That's true. Judge not least ye be judged. Mm-hmm. Matthew 7. Is that really from Matthew 7, or yep. did you make that up? Nope, I know that. I don't trust you anymore when you do stuff like that. It is Matthew right. 7. You can fact So are you going to give it a 5? A uh, 4. A 4, okay. I'm giving it a 5. Um, and then, how do I feel? I'm, I'm going low here. I don't feel good about it. Yeah. It's not really making me laugh. It's just kind of making me think hard. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Obviously, I value laughing over thinking hard is what I do. Yeah, say. We, we look for that surface humor, not really <laughs> yes, that. I'm going to give it a two. I, I can feel that. I'm going to stick with a three. Okay. All right. Um, this one is a winner. It's a winner. If you don't like it, then something is really wrong with you. Bring your sin to the altar and drop it like it's hot. <laughs> Anytime we can put a Snoop Dogg quote on a church sign it is a good day bring your sin to the altar drop it like it's hot drop it like it's and, hot and you can put it to song like Sarah Ellen just <laughs> it's did it's my favorite thing to do alright so I am gonna give this I'm uh, giving it a five for creativity I'm giving it a five for creativity okay. for sure for biblical accuracy uh, bring your sin to the altar and drop it like it's hot I mean you can technically drop your sin anywhere you don't have to take it to the altar right. I'm gonna give it a four yeah, I'm gonna give it a four too. I mean, I know they're trying to get people in the door of the church. That's why they're saying to bring it to the altar. But you don't really biblically you can drop right. that sin anywhere that it's hot. Um, and then how does it make you feel? I'm giving it a five. I laughed out loud. Yeah, I give it a five again. You quote Snoop Dogg and you twist it, and what was intended for bad you makes for good. <laughs> okay, that was wow. Okie doke. So the winner here is definitely bring your sin to the altar. And drop it like it's hot. With a average score between the two of us of 14. Because we have the same exact score. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. So if you see a church sign, snap a picture of it. Uh, or if you want to look for one, you can share it with us or DM. Slide into our DMs. Sarah Ellen hasn't said that in a while. I feel I like she's kind of abandoned that saying. Well, I just feel like I used it too much. But... Slide into our DMs with any church signs that you may find or that you may uh, read on the via the internet or Instagram. You know who does really good church signs? We talk about John things Christ. that we're loving. John Chris does, he but does. also David Crowder. Does he? David, oh, he does. David You're right. Crowder found some awesome signs and he posts on his Instagram as well. So if um, you took a picture of yourself with a sign that you saw, ooh. we would post it. Yeah. And we would get you more for followers. Real. We will get you we we will get you that. And remember we're still trying to get the two hundred Instagram followers. So if you haven't told someone about us, then you need to right now. You should post a picture of yourself with that sign, tag us in it and then we'll repost it on ours too. Tag it. Tag it like it's hot. Hashtag. Tag it like it's hot. Hashtag capstone gas. <laughs> oh, goodness. That was good. I can't wait to see more church signs. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. So uh, it took us eight episodes to get to that. but It should. You know what? There should be really good ones rolling out because we're hitting, like, we're coming into the end of fall. We're starting to get ready for Christmas. So people should be pulling out some really creative things, get people in the door for Christmas. So we should see some good and ones And you should coming. probably see some for Halloween about Satan's birthday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you should. All right, but um, but now we're actually heading into December. So when this drops, 
it will be right the day after Thanksgiving. So um, some of you just hanging around, you're tired of listening to your family, and you want to listen to the podcast. Or you want to all listen to us together. Yes, yeah. One or the other. It's like uh, the Norman Rockwell um, painting. They're all gathered around their TV. Yes. Uh, but they're gathered around their cell phones. There you go. Listening to us. I like it. Yeah, eagerly waiting. <laughs> eagerly awaiting the drop of this episode. Yes, 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 yes. Last week we heard part one of Sarah Ellen's interview with Dee Dee, who's down at Journey Church with my friend Will. And so now let's finish up uh, the interview, and here's part two. I think definitely just trusting in those little acts of obedience that God calls us to. Um, and I think that is so good. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm getting a whole sermon preached to me. It's amazing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, like in a good way. I'm like, yay, I'm like being convicted and this is good for me. <laughs> well, I think, um, and even too, just when I look back at that time of singleness and really that, like that 10 years ago, 18, 19, when God was like, get out of the trenches and, and do things for me. Um, when I graduated college a few years later, and actually when, when I had met you was in a season of, of God saying no to a big dream of mine, which was a teaching job, like in a mm-hmm. full-time like public school, and that was not happening. And for two years, like God kept saying no, and I did not understand that, and I was frustrated for months, um, and we wrestled with that. And something that God had laid on my heart that I think if he had provided me the job that I wanted right away, I would have missed, is um, he had told me, like, you've been preparing so long for having a ministry in a classroom, and I want you to have that, but your calling is much more than a classroom. It's a community, and I want you to, to see kids and see families everywhere you go. And so a season of not getting that job initially allowed me to have opportunities to really focus on whole communities and, and work in a church to build children's ministry and build that culture of, of ministry outside of the walls. And so um, I think it's those little steps of obedience. And then when you look back years later, you're like, oh, I see what God was doing. Like, he is awesome. He is yes. good. Um, but it's just those little steps of obedience. And, and I think in that season of when he was saying no, it was a lot of like waking up and not being angry that morning and like trusting that, that God had a good plan. Um, and I loved my time at Covenant and I loved, you know, even just that friendship that you and I were able to build. Um, and I felt like you just, our friendship really allowed me to grow close to the Lord and seek after Him. And in that season of being engaged and trying to figure out what this next season was looking like, I knew that God had me at Covenant, even just for that friendship with you. You were a huge part in helping me keep my head straight and navigating some of that. Well, thank you. (laughs) I didn't feel that. I felt very much like the Lord, I felt the opposite way. I felt like the Lord had um, sent you to me to show me that I didn't just have to do um, one thing. I could do more than one thing. And um, one thing I want to say is that you, and this is a theme I'm seeing in a lot of these, as I interview my friends, is um, that the Lord sends, keeps showing me people who are making, doing the things that he's shown you to do accessible to other people. Because what I was mm-hmm. able to do is um, D was 
spread very thin and doing lots. She was being very obedient, but she was spread very thin. <laughs> and I, she was like, I was like, hey, you know, I would love to come help you some. So I would come and help her some on Sunday morning mm-hmm. um, at her church. So I'd go to my church, and then I would go to her church and help her a little bit. And they loved on my kids when I brought them <laughs> in. <laughs> and then um, – I got to see a backyard Bible club happen, mm-hmm. and so um, it was, and it was inspirational to see somebody that was, you know, younger than me doing these things, and it really mm-hmm. showed me something and opened my eyes to something. But so let's talk a little bit. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying those kind of things, but I would have to flip the coin and say them right back to you. But um, <laughs> let's move on down the road. And I love all the things mm-hmm. that you said about how the Lord has been preparing you because then mm-hmm. you did get married. And then you left me. <laughs> you moved away. But it's okay. Tell me a little bit about how you're doing the gospel right now and how you're living it out right now in a different town in a full-time teaching position and with um, a husband who is also in the ministry. Yeah. Well, I think I love that you had mentioned where you live, work, and play. That's something we say at church weekly. Um, like it's in part of our mission statement that – we would be deploying disciples where they live, work, and play so that every man, woman, and child have multiple opportunities to see, hear, and respond to the gospel. And so we say that a lot at church, whether it's with staff or just with our congregation and our youth group. And so those words are always on my heart, where you live, work, and play. And we've actually, sometimes with our students, we kind of extend that to where you live, learn, work, and play. Because not That's exactly what we say. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the often out will say, like, where you live, work, and play. Um, and so I think that it's kind of come to a realization for me that no matter what God has called you to do and no matter where you're at, like, you're always going to be living, you're always going to be learning and working, and you're always going to be playing no matter what. And so we've even had some conversations with some of our students that feel called to the mission field. And they're like, what do I do now? What do I do to prepare? And I've had the same conversation with them of, hey, when you're a missionary, guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be living with around people, and you're going to be talking to neighbors. You're going to be working or learning in an environment, and you're going to be playing. Like, no matter where you are and what your calling is, you those things always happen. And so it's... I feel like it's allowing God to show you that the circles that you're in are there for a purpose because you're a believer and because you follow after him and his teaching that every single circle is meant for the kingdom and not for your own glory or for your own good. And so um, for us, that kind of looks currently like where we live. Um, I like to own my street. So we've moved a couple places since we've been married in apartments and in different houses and and no matter where we've lived, I feel like God has laid in my heart that my street is mine. I will know my neighbors. I will talk to them. I will spend time with them. They will know that I love Jesus, and they will know that I love them. So like my street, I feel like I need to own that street. Um, and so sometimes that looks just simply like it's been a long day, but uh, one of the neighborhood kids is out, and they want to talk to me. And so I talk to them, even though my selfish desires don't always want to talk to my kids after a day of kids. Um, so sometimes it's just simple, things like that. And and then sometimes for, like, for instance, for Halloween, um, last year we did something kind of unique that we're going to do again this year. We pulled our fire pit out to the front yard. 
And instead of just passing out candy, we had s'mores. And so kids and families could come s'mores and talk to us. And um, I thought like that was an easy thing that, that we could do. Um, so sometimes we're, I feel like where we live, it's, for me, it's really owning my street and trying to spend time with neighbors. And then for that working learning environment, I'm a teacher. And so I'm around students all day and I'm around staff and it's owning that roster. So this year I'm actually team teaching. So I'm sharing students with other teachers and I teach the science and social studies portion of the day. And so there are close to 70 students that I interact with that come into my classroom or I eat lunch and recess, have eat lunch and do recess um, and spend mm-hmm. time with them. And, and so that's a lot of students and I try to think about that it's not just the students I've been entrusted with, it's the families they represent as well. And so really trying to be intentional with um, spending time with those families during a conference, trying to give close to an hour time frame to where we could talk about academics. But then if a family wants to talk about personal things or wants to ask me questions about what my husband and I do, like allowing time for that, um, and then it also looks like the past few years, God had laid on my heart to start doing home visits. So um, that was actually in a season of kind of tables turned. I had moved here, and a teaching job was right away. But back at Bible clubs, I had pursued a couple of those, and doors shut. And so it was like the opposite of like, what is this? Like you laid <laughs> the Bible clubs on my heart, and now you're closing those doors. Like I don't understand. Um, but God has really just shown me this, that community aspect again of you've got the students in your class, but you have all these different apartments and mobile home parks and houses that they represent. So now you get to be my hands and feet in all kinds of communities. And so um, trying to see that whole child and their whole family and, and then too, just, you know, owning the staff that you work with. Just like I, I feel like I need to own my street. I feel I own my hallway. And I pray for those teachers specifically by name. Um, I try to leave my door open in the afternoon so they could come by and talk. Um, I have my worship music playing. So as they walk by, they, they hear the word and, and hoping that they'll ask me about those things. Um, and then where I play, for for us, a lot of times that's more so inviting others when we're playing. So like if I'm going drifting, inviting some of the girls in our student ministry or some of our leaders or neighbors into that. Or um, a lot of times for us, it's on the way to something. I think that's the hardest. I don't know how many times we've been on the way to a date, like my husband and I, and We've seen someone who was homeless on the road and felt like we needed to stop and pray with that person and give them some food or invite them with us. And, and some, that's not always what you want to do when you're on the way to something that feels special for you and your mm-hmm. husband or your family. Um, but I think often for me, the obedience with the playing happens like when I'm on the way to that thing of stopping for someone who's in need or making a pit stop because um, someone needs to talk or um, so I think a lot of that, I think it's different in no matter what season you're in, but I think it's in this current season for us, it's definitely understanding that God has placed us in the Charleston area and our neighbors are not by chance, our coworkers, 
the people that we encounter are not by chance. That God has placed us in specific circles and for us to to really focus on relationships. Kind of a like a theme, I guess you could call it, that we say mm-hmm. a lot in our home our house is relationships are everything. And so if there's ever a task or if there's something we want to be done or to get done, but if, if God puts the relationship in our midst during that, then that trumps it. Um, so, like, for instance, if we've got some housework that we need to get done, but a teen messages us and says, hey, I need to talk, like, the housework can stop, and then, you know, the teen gets the conversation. Or, and sometimes it feels a lot more dramatic than that. But um, just kind of that relationships or everything is something that we try to play a lot in our heads and hoping that in this current season, if we make that a habit, if we make spending time with neighbors and coworkers and students and their families and trying to be mindful of everywhere that we are, that God's placing people in our paths for a reason, if we're mindful of that now, that if he continues to move us through different seasons, if he calls us to a new city or if he takes me to a new school or um, we have kids and whatever next season it is, if that's already a habit, that he'll just work that in our hearts and that we could teach other people to do those same things. Um, So it's kind of, again, I think that not waiting. So if there's ever a task or if there's, it's something we want to be done or to get done. But if, if God puts the relationship in our midst during that, then that trumps it. Um, so, like, for instance, if we've got some housework that we need to get done, but a teen messages us and says, hey, I need to talk, like, the housework can stop. And then, you know, the teen gets the conversation. Or, and sometimes it feels a lot more dramatic than that. But um, just kind of that relationships or everything is something that we try to play a lot in our heads and hoping that in this current season, if we make that a habit, if we make spending time with neighbors and coworkers and students and their families and trying to be mindful of everywhere that we are, that God's placing people in our paths for a reason, if we're mindful of that now, that if he continues to move us through different seasons, if he calls us to a new city or if he takes me to a new school or um, we have kids and whatever next season it is, if that's already a habit, other people to do those same things. Um, so it's kind of, again, I think that not waiting, like kind of that season of singlehood in the past, knowing I didn't need to wait. I need to work now and do what God would call me now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing. Um, I think when you're, you're in those first few years of marriage and you think about, um, you know, family and what that's going to be like, and I think it's kind of a, a new season, too, where you think, well, when we have kids, we'll start that. Or when we have a, a family of our own and we extend that, then we'll start this ministry and we'll be involved in this and that. But it's just another thing of not waiting until that next season happens, like trusting the season that you're in now and that it's good and it's for God's glory. Well, that is a good word from you, Dee. That is a good word. Um, I hope you guys take to heart the things that Dee said. Um, that was chock full of good wisdom from a young lady. I can say that because she's younger than me. Um, <laughs> I hope that you'll listen to that. I really think, especially um, singles, I think people that are 
I mean, really, anyone can take anything away from that. But especially, it spoke to me as somebody who used to teach school. And, um, re- oh, God, when you said that relationship thing, that really, like, I have been hearing that over and over and over again, and I've not necessarily been doing it. So it's definitely something that the Lord is working on me on. But thank you so much for being with us today. And um, I just appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. Are we moving on to our next segment? I think we are. All right. It's my turn to talk. All right. We have been talking, we resurrected this Power Squad segment that we started out at the very beginning. We talked about in episodes one and two, and then we talked about our last episode, and we're bringing it back again today. We have a twist on it today. But just to remind you where we are right now, we have two people from the Bible that are kind of similar, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And then we've had to pick one and justify our choices. Like if we were building our Power Squad, like this group of people we want to be friends with and we want to go do awesome things with. So far, Walt and I have the exact same power squads, minus ourselves, who are two different people. But the first week, we had to pick between Eve and Mary, the mother of God. We both picked Eve. The next week, we picked between Peter and Paul. We both picked Paul. And then the last episode, we had to pick between Esther and Ruth, and we both picked Esther. Well, this week, there's a twist. Dun, dun, dun. Executive producer Katie Rice threw us a curveball and said, we have to put a bad guy on our power squad. There's that token, there's always a token bad guy. There is. And listen, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. So I guess we just have to have a little grace for the bad guys. I don't know. This week, we have to pick between Goliath and Haman. So Goliath is from the story of David and Goliath. He's a giant and he's a Philistine. Just so you know. David did take him down. So that's done. And then Haman is from the story of Esther, who you know that Walt and I both picked her to be on our power squads. He's the bad guy that's basically trying to wipe out the entire genocide nation of like God's people. So bad guy right there. They both do get caught, but um, now we have kind to of bad guys. Different kind of bad guys. We have to pick who we want in our power squads, and Walt knew immediately who he wanted to pick, so he's going to go first. Uh, I'm going with Goliath. <laughs> oh gosh, we are spending too much time together, apparently. <laughs> Not really. I think we have different reasons, though. Okay, why, why do you pick Goliath? Um, for five-on-five five basketball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we don't really have different reasons. <laughs> Are you going to play basketball with no, him? No, but I picked him because he's big. Oh, I picked him because... Uh, because Haman's just... I mean, he was, like, diabolical. I he mean, was. Like, he's, like, a different kind of cat. Like, he's Dr. Evil. Like, he's, you know, wanting to take over the world. Um, you know, Goliath's just a big, ugly mug who just was out there to fight. So, I'm going to take the guy who's going to... He's kind of like the big rock guy on yes. Fantastic Four. I'm not into Marvel movies or anything like that, but that's kind of who I imagine about. I picked Goliath because we have no muscle yet. Uh, we got a guy who can talk a lot of fancy words. We've got Eve, who's amazing, and Esther. I don't know that either of them have ever been described to be super muscular women or ultra fit. Right. I mean, did they do CrossFit? I don't know. But... I feel confident that Goliath is big and has muscles, and we have no muscle so far. I needed some muscle on my power squad. So, for our bad guy, we're both taking Goliath. I mean, pretty much our power squads are identical. Why are we doing this? Executive again? producer Katie Rice. The next time that this segment comes up, we need we need you need we need think, a spicy yeah, matchup. You need to that think is going to make some, us think hard. Yeah, that's gonna that we're gonna choose differently because at this point we are on the same. Wavelength. Although I don't really know what other people would pick. Would they pick the same ones we're picking? I don't know. We need to hear from you guys. Are we the outliers? Or are we the whatever not outliers are? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> are we the majority? 
Oh, there you go. There you go. That's another way to say that. Okay. So, we need to hear from you. Who are you going to choose? Are you going to choose Haman? Are you going to choose Goliath? And when you're choosing, just update us on your whole power squad. We need to know, are we like the lone wolves out here picking these people? Or are you guys like, yeah, I pick the same as y'all. Are you like 50-50? There you go. What is it? All right. Well, uh, so we are coming towards the end of our time together. And as we do that, hopefully let's go back and think, hey, what are those church signs that you guys like? Let us know. Check them out. Uh, then also, what's your advent? What's the, what are you doing or what do you want to do? Uh, we'll even hold you accountable to that. So maybe share, hey, here's what I like to do. Uh, and let us know. We want to we want to make sure that we get the best out of uh, this Christmas season. And then what's your power squad looking like? Uh, is it looking like me and Sarah Ellen's pretty much identical? Um, hashtag there, squad goals. What? I said hashtag squad goals. Squad goals. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking squat goals. <laughs> that would be Goliath. <laughs> what are your squat goals today? Uh, so we want to hear from you. What thoughts, theories, and tales do you have about our thoughts, theories, and tales? Make sure you follow us on Instagram at CapstoneCast and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And make sure you tell all your friends about us. Catch, Catch you later. later.